I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you are new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Hello to all my little ghouls out there. This is a special Halloween edition of Kinda Cute. I mean, actually, it's not. It's just being recorded on October 30th, but there's not much spooky about this episode. I apologize in advance. But I do have some little pop culture tidbits for you. There's a lot in the Bravo realm this week. Uh, first of all, first of all, Kathy Hilton has confirmed that she is going to be on the next season of Real House of Beverly Hills. I don't know why she's waited this long. The only thing I can figure is that she didn't like how she was portrayed in Paris Hilton's documentary on YouTube. And she's like, I am here to show y'all what's up. I'm the real queen bitch of the Hilton family. And I'm here. And I've heard from other podcasters, like Heather McDonald, that she's actually like really funny and like loves pranking people. And that she used to be like one of the main people who would like do pranks with uh, Chris Jenner. And she just seems like a hoot and a half. So I'm very excited about that. Speaking of witches, <clears throat> um, a little witches review for you. So I told you guys a couple weeks ago that I was super excited for the remake of the witches to come out i think at the time when i was talking about it i thought it was a tv show it was actually a movie remake it was it's on hbo max and obviously i have some thoughts i told you guys before that the original witches i think is a perfect movie i told you i wanted that little animatronic mouse in my bosom i just fucking loved it um And I said that I was going to be disappointed if they used only CGI instead of physical props, which of course they did. So that right off the bat was disappointing to me because in the original Witches, they used a real mouse unless the mouse was speaking and then they used like an animatronic or a puppet mouse. It's a Jim Henson movie, the original one. So it was a lot of uh, puppet use, I think. But... You know, his puppets are just like so good and the witches, when they take off their skin, it is actually a terrifying sight. Like it is enough to strike fear into the heart of a grown man, I'm pretty sure. Um, This new one, it was just like weird Pennywise vibes. Like the witch's mouth like split open in this weird CGI like tooth thing. So their lips are like split joker style like up am i i'm doing an awful job of explaining that but it's just doesn't have the same oomph to it and they're just not as disgusting when they take off their faces and their masks like they didn't even take off their faces in this they just kind of like open into this gaping hole and the mice were cute cgis but i'm like why couldn't you have used real mice at all like in the original one, they had that mice freaking carrying the 86 potion in its little tail and running up. I'm like, that is legit. Like, that is movie making right there. And um, so those are the things I didn't like about it. I do think it was interesting that they kind of did a twist on it and that they have it set in Alabama. The lead character is a little black boy, Olivia, Octavia, I'm sorry, Octavia Spencer plays his grandma. And 
that was a fun twist on it, but it's weird because they don't even give the little boy a name. That's why I'm calling him a little black boy. They don't even give the poor kid a name. And we're watching it with with captions on, and even in the captions, they just call him hero and then like grown-up hero because Chris Rock does his voice as a grown-up. And I don't know. I just like was like, really? Like you're you're gonna try to be like I think progressive and trying to have a more varied cast. And yet, you're not even going to give your lead character a name. I'm just like, oh, the boy? Like, I, I don't understand that. It's definitely worth a watch. I recommend watching the original first and then watching the other one right after because they're different enough that, like, you, it's not repetitive. But to me, it just put into stark contrast how much better the original is and just how we're so getting away from what made movies so great by just putting cgi everywhere Ugh. like i feel like i can't even get started on it because it just makes me sad but ugh. speaking of a non witch of weho since she wasn't in that group sheena shay of vanderpump rules fame is pregnant guys it's all happening for her the baby daddy is the jason momoa looking man that she's been with lately and of course, you know Sheena got that clear blue Spawn Con money. Get your bag, girl. Can you imagine the weirdness of like taking a pregnancy test, finding out you're pregnant, and then either you or like your PR person just shooting off a little email to clear blue and being like, Ahem. so I, I, Sheena, am pregnant, and I would like to stage a pregnancy reveal pic with clear blue. I'll feature it prominently. I'll, you know, put hashtag ad in the caption. I would like 10K dollars minimum. I mean, like the thought process of that, like when other people are just probably like elated that they're pregnant, she's like, let me get that coin. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I can only dream that that is in my future if I someday have a child. I mean, get, get your money to pay for that little rug rat, please. Like, can I... I'm manifesting this for myself. I want that clear blue spawn con money <laughs> if I ever get pregnant. And even if I don't get pregnant, no, let's say I do get pregnant, but let's say I get pregnant by like a sperm bank without an actual baby daddy, like just a sperm donor baby daddy. I think I'd still, I think that'd be a really progressive way to get that clear blue money. Be like, look, I just made the decision to do this on my own. I'm a strong, independent woman, so I think I'm at least worth 15K a post. So that's, again, I'm just secreting that to happening. And, you know, on that note, I want to white knight for Sheena for a second right here. I feel like people gave her so much shit for talking about how she was, you know, freezing her eggs. And I think it really downplayed what a difficult process that is. And obviously, I'm not speaking for as someone who's been through it yet, But being that I'm 31 and about to be 32, I have definitely thought about the prospect of freezing my eggs because ideally I would like to do it sooner rather than later because it's when your fucking eggs are the freshest, sadly. And I'm one of those people who I don't even know for sure if I want to have kids. So it's this really scary thing of like, do I want to invest so much money into something I don't even know if I want, but at the same time, I don't want to have that robbed from me, like not even having the chance. And beyond the monetary issue with freezing your eggs, 
I think it's so physically demanding. I mean, you're having to give yourself hormone shots. You can't drink. You can't, I mean, you, it's basically like being pregnant while you're going through the fertility process that freezing your eggs entails. And there's not a lot of, like, I don't think it's really spoken about in this open discourse of people my age too often. And yeah, the fact that she got shit on for bringing it up when it was like, clearly that was a huge life thing she was going through. And at the time she didn't have a boyfriend and she was making that choice for herself. So, I mean, I don't mean to get like so, you know, poetic about Sheena Shea, but I really thought it was unfair that she was kind of portrayed as like, oh my God, can you believe she's talking about freezing her eggs to these guys she just met? But it's like, why isn't that something that we can talk about when it's such a big decision that people have to make? It's such a big monetary thing that people have to do. And it's a huge decision in a woman's woman's life. Like, I don't know. I could go into that more. But again, I just commend Sheena for being open about it on TV because I don't think it's anything that people should have to be. I don't think fertility is something people should have to be ashamed about or secret about. And honestly, it's like I said, someone who's contemplated if that's something worth investing my time and energy and the pain that goes with it to do. I like seeing people going through that experience and normalizing it. All right, I'm moving on. More pregnant talk, though. Emrata is pregnant. She's a little little bun in the oven. She's still wearing super cute clothes. I'm like, oh my gosh, like even she, how do people look so gorgeous when they're pregnant? It's not fair. Um, I still think her husband is like heinous. So why she would procreate with that? I mean, she really must love him. Oh, God, do I need to cut that part out? Um, But yeah, best wishes to her. You guys know I shared the article she wrote for The Cut a few weeks ago, and I thought it was such a moving piece and so honest and vulnerable. Again, like Sheena Shea. So just a big, you know, round of applause for those ladies. And another, you know, couple bliss. Scar Joe and Colin Jost got married over the weekend. And someone leaked a picture of like what their wedding invite looked like. And it was literally on a little note card and handwritten. And then some, I think this was on Dumois, I saw it. And someone responded and was like, oh, of course, this is so Harvard Lampoon of him. Because he was on the Harvard Lampoon. And I'm just like, yeah, like that is something Colin Jost would do. Like send out a note card hand. Like, I mean, those note cards you used to study for when you were in high school. that are you know, a little three by five. That's what their wedding invites were on. So I just thought that was sort of interesting. And then I saw this article um, on Bloomberg that it's called Why Banksy is Probably a Woman, and it's by Kristen Capps. And this is actually an old article. It's from 2014. But for some reason, The Cut was like sharing it in their newsletter. And now I'm just like, I hope this is true. I love the Banksy documentaries exit through the gift shop is such a mind fuck like the whole thing kind of feels like a mockumentary and I think it is but just the the brilliance of it like the fact that you don't know if Mr. Brainwash is just this total creation of Banksy or if he had some autonomy in his role in it if you haven't seen it yet definitely watch it because the whole time you're just like what and you know this article kind of talks about the fact that it almost feels like 
Banksy has to be a woman. And I'm coming around to the idea. And what better way of disguising herself than like having people refer to her as a he? And I just, again, I just hope one day she comes out and she's like, I have a vagina. I froze my eggs. I love Vanderpump rules. <laughs> again, I'm just going to manifest that for myself as well. All right. I finally am getting to the articles for today and the first one is just like a small little blurb I wanted to give you on our update from the Zoom dick incident that we talked about last week. So it's the eyewitness speaks out about Zoom dick incident by Bridget Reed. So this man named Masha Gessen, he's a Russian-American journalist. He seems to be like the only brave soul who's willing to speak on the record about what actually occurred during this incident. So he told the New York Times that in the wake of the incident, he said, I'm quite sure that Tubin didn't realize that the people on the New Yorker call could see him. I suspect he thought that when the breakout room started, he was disconnected and he didn't realize we'd all return to a live camera. And I mean, is there anyone out there who thinks that he knew he was on camera like I don't think he was just trying to be a pervert and get fired from his job I think he was just so nonchalant about the whole thing that he actually didn't think he was on camera which is just horrifying and awful and I really feel like that that could happen to anyone not the jacking off part but just like not like realizing you're still on camera or like thinking you're on mute and you're not that's really my biggest fear is like not being on mute and like talking shit but you know also just in case anyone doesn't know when you're in a zoom and you send like what you think is a private message to someone else in the zoom the host can see it so don't be thinking you're talking shit especially don't talk shit about the host because they can see it so I don't know if that helps out anyone out there but just in case uh and then he gave another quote where he said I don't know what I would like would less like to talk about the Russian interference in American politics or last week's Zoom call. And doesn't that just wrap up the state of our country right now? Uh, so Sanjita did a whole article on Dumois that I honestly think since I've started following Dumois, I have mentioned that Instagram account in every episode I've done. And I knew Sanjita was a fan, but this cements it for me. And uh, in case I've done a really shite job of explaining that Instagram account, I thought this summed it up nicely. So it says, what kind of gossip can you find on Dumois? And Sanjita writes, a variety. You'll find a lot of gossip about the Real Housewives as well as self-proclaimed insiders describing unexpected secret celebrity hookups. A lot of people will just write in to say they saw a certain celebrity on the street, sometimes with an attached blurry photo for proof. People also detail alleged sexual or romantic encounters that they've had with the rich and the famous. Also, there's a lot about whether or not a celeb is nice. Harry Styles is lovely, apparently, or mean. Overall, though, the gossip runs the gamut. You'll see items on a wide variety of subjects, ranging from what products Jennifer Aniston uses on her skin to which comedian who refuses to go down on unshorn women. So this leads me to a story I want to tell you about Harry Styles. And it really just does cement that we are not worthy of him. He is an angel that somehow blessed this earth. So Harry Styles' car broke down and he went into this person's house because I guess the dad sees him, you know, broken down, offers him to come inside, have a cup of tea. And so Harry leaves this note 
because apparently the dad's daughter is a huge fan and he tells Harry this and Harry leaves this. Theodora, my car broke down on your street and your dad's friend kindly let me wait at your house with a cup of tea. I'm devastated that we missed each other. Looking forward to meeting you soon. Treat people with kindness. All my love, love Harry. P.S. I fed the fish. Tell your dad, get in touch. I'll see you. I, I can't, it's cut off, but literally, it, it, I think it's like I'll see you at a show. Um, and there's a picture of Harry feeding this girl's fish. I mean, I can taste the pain of like not being there when this happened. Like for the rest of this girl's life, she will be like, why wasn't I home when Harry Styles was chilling in my house? But it seems like she literally has a line to getting in touch with him. Like Harry is saying to tell your dad to get in touch. I mean, I've talked about manifesting a lot of things this episode, but there is nothing more that I would like to manifest than something like that happening to me. So universe, if you're feeling kind, just just keep that in mind. And speaking of Sanjita, who wrote the, the article about Dumas, uh, and last week I talked about how she gets to interview everyone cool. This week she got to speak to Matthew McConaughey. Last week she we covered her article with Chris Messina, the best Chris. And before we get into this, I'm sure I've mentioned this story, but um, I actually saw Matthew McConaughey in the flesh, and it was at West Palm's opening of their restoration hardware. It's one of the ones that has a cafe. There's ones in New York, Chicago. And I guess Matthew is friends with the owner of Restoration Hardware. So he was like at this party, but he was pretty heavily guarded. Like he had like literal like, you know, security guards, bodyguards standing around him. And it was very obvious that they were bodyguards. And my friend like even tried to take a picture. She asked like Emily shout out. You were like, can I get a picture? And Emily's like the sweetest, cutest. Like it's very hard to say no to her. But these bodyguards were like, no. And I was approximately 15 mini lobster rolls deep. And let me tell you, I was taking every glass of champagne that whisked by me. This party was the best party I've ever been to in my life. Like it was so pretentious and over the top, but they had like all you could eat caviar. There was like a luge of vodka. It was free flowing rose, champagne, baby lobster rolls, perfectly buttered, perfectly mayonnaise. I somehow conned, all of my friends got like actual invites to this party through their work. I just conned them into bringing me as their plus one. And thank God I did, because if I had missed out on this party, I would still be sad about it. What? Can I talk about when I had to pick you up? Okay, sure. Get, get on the mic. As proof of how nice that this party was, Bailey called me to pick her up um, because she's like, uh, I tried to try and get you in, but uh, they're like being all like stick in the muds. And so uh, I pick her up. She is borderline incoherent and we drive all the way home. Bailey has taken her shoes off and put her feet out the window and is trying to lay on me as I'm driving and I was like get off me I'm driving and then the next morning she was like oh I'm I'm so sorry about the night before uh the party was just a little wild (laughs) but I think 
I was the only one getting that wild. I laid on like every single bed that was set up in that restoration harbor, which I think they frown upon. And poor Kenzie, like I was a nightmare, like a total, total nightmare. And the fact that she didn't get to go to that party with me like pains me. Anyways, though, uh, his wife was also there, Camila Alves McConaughey. And to this day, she is honestly one of the most strikingly beautiful women I have ever seen in my life. Like, just stunning perfection. Like, I wanted to stroke her face. But enough about me. (laughs) So this article starts out with a Matthew story about the term reconnaissance, which before I read this, I had never heard of. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but it's it's spelled like renaissance. So reconnaissance works for me. And he wanted it to signify his transition from rom-com magic Mike Matthew to serious actor Matthew. And Sanjita writes that he coined and created the term and fed it to an MTV reporter at a 2013 Sundance interview. And she says that this story that he's never shared is a footnote in his book Greenlights, which is his memoir that's coming out this week. So clearly he's doing like the press rounds for Greenlights. And she writes, reading it, you come across many of these anecdotes, which smelled just slightly of bullshit, but not enough to distract you from the charm of the storyteller behind them. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I love the thought of Matthew reading this story and just being like, yeah, she got it. She, she gets it. She knows. <laughs> Now, Sanjita is also quite a fan of ejaculatory stories is the vibe I'm getting. And if you haven't listened to that last week's episode with the Christmasina episode, go listen to that first um, because her article was really good. And she talks about these wet dream adventures that Matthew describes. And so he has one. It was in 1996. And he says he had an ejaculatory nightmare in which he was floating down the Amazon River. His body was wrapped in dangerous reptiles. And then he followed the dream to Peru and he floated naked down the Amazon. And then he caught the wave of a mermaid's tail as she headed down river. And then he had another wet dream. (laughs) That was the same, but this time he's years later where he spied African tribesmen on the banks and followed that vision to Mali. Then he took on a local giant in a wrestling match as the rest of the village cheered him on. He claims at various points to have done peyote in a cage with a mountain lion, watched his father resurrect a drowned bird with mouth to mouth, and built a 13-story treehouse out of stolen wood. I mean, what sort of drugs was this guy doing back in the day? Because this says adult brain to me. And why are you even writing about your dreams in your memoir? Like, that's not, like, maybe it is relevant because maybe there's some truth in this and he's just saying it's a dream. And then she describes that there was only two silences in their conversation that they had the whole time. And the first was when he got up to grab a cup of tea and he filled that time with whistling. And then the other, he sang a nonsense ditty. Do-do, da-do, do-do, da-do. That's how she wrote it. That wasn't just my creative interpretation. Do-do, da-do, do-do, da-do. It's like the opening to Southern Charm. <laughs> also, did you guys see how Kate Hudson said that he wasn't a good kisser? And I just feel like that really tracks with this interview. <laughs> but the cutest story from this is 
Sanjita tells him that she's nervous and he's like, that's the best thing you can do. Just let it out. Just say you're nervous and it's a good release. And guys, I literally do this in the bathroom before I have to go to court or talk to someone. Honestly, like my social anxiety knows no bounds. I mean, why do you think I had to liquor myself up for this podcast where I literally talk to myself? But this is also my new theory. Maybe Sanjita has not agreed to come on Kind of Cute Podcast because she is nervous. I'm going to tell myself that to make me feel better. Sanjita, if you're listening, there's nothing to be nervous about. I guarantee my nervousness and social anxiety is worse than yours, um, even with my Lexapro. So don't be scared. Uh, But this story is also really cute, too. It says that he's at home in Austin with his three kids, his wife and his 88 year old mother, and they've been doing puzzles. And every night the family goes outside to look for shooting stars. And Matthew says it's a way to replace the catharsis of church where he usually likes to have a good cry. You look up in the sky and you go, oh, I don't really matter. And in the I don't matter is when you realize everything matters, he says. So. Wow. And I also love this story. He talks about when he was preparing to play Denton Van Zandt in Reign of Fire, which I've actually never seen. But he said he would wake up, have a double shot of tequila when he rose at sunrise. He would have five barefoot miles run across the West Texas desert and tackling sleeping bulls in a nearby ranch naked. And the ranch was named Locas Pelotas, which translates to crazy balls after he was caught doing this. I mean... That's iconic. I also kind of believe like after a few drinks, I can run better. Like that used to be my thing. Like when when I was in New Hampshire and it was the winter and I was super drunk, I would like run back to my dorm sometimes because and I hate running. Like I literally there's not many things I hate more than running, but it was literally like the beer gave me wings. I felt like a Red Bull commercial. Like I would just run like the wind and I wouldn't even feel that winded, but I don't know if that's just because I was so deluded by the alcohol that I actually wasn't even running fast and it just felt like I was. Can anyone like corroborate this? Is it like a little easier to run when you've had a few shots? Like not too many, but just enough to have you feeling kind of like warm inside. Anyways, then not to make this really dark, but there's this list at the beginning of his book and two of the things he lists are these. He says, I was blackmailed into having sex for the first time when I was 15. I was certain I was going to hell for the premarital sex. Today, I'm merely certain that I hope that's not the case. And then he writes, I was molested by a man when I was 18 while knocked unconscious in the back of a van. And I mean, that's just a so awful. And Then Sanjita thanks him for addressing it, noting that it's rare for men in Hollywood to discuss experiences of assault. And she says that he gives a deep breath and nods and says, good, yeah, even just talking with you right then, it was enjoyable to talk about it in that way. So not to leave that on like a dark note, but I was like, damn, that's profound. And also Sanjita is a great interviewer and I almost just want to have her on here so she can give me some tips. But let's get into our legit shit of the day. So the other day I posted an Instagram story and my friend Anna said that my brows looked good and I had actually laminated them a few weeks ago because I am all about the at-home beauty treatments. I'll try anything once. And so I bought this brow lamination kit off Amazon. Of course, it's going to be linked in the legit shit section of the show notes And it was about $42. And basically what brow lamination does is it's almost like a perming cream. 
And so it breaks down the bonds in your hairs and it makes them really pliable. So then you can like make them stick where you want them to. And they kind of like stick up straight. And that's the gist of it. So my issues with it were after I did it, my hair felt pretty brittle. So it's not something I want to do all the time. And they give you an oil to put on it to help with that. But my hair just felt weird. So it and it smells like Nair when it's on. So if you've ever smelled Nair before, it's that really, really distinct smell, which is off-putting. Um, and then the other issue is I think my brows are just so stubborn that a lot of them still like they just kind of go crazy directions even after I've laminated them. But I do think it helps if you're someone whose brows like mine, they kind of never want to lay straight. It's literally why a couple weeks ago I gave you like a glue recommendation, that um, hair styling gel, because mine needs such strong hold to get them to stay in place. So, I mean, I'm here to tell you that it didn't like cause my brows to fall out. It didn't, you know do anything damaging I would lay off on how often you do it but if you want to try it once and just see if you like it it's way cheaper to get this kit than to go get it professionally done and on that same brow talk um I've right after I did that I got the Anastasia Beverly Hills micro stroking detailing brow pen and I feel like it is nice to have like a really subtle kind of feathery fluffy look that is very in on TikTok right now so I think that's worth a try. I love her wax pencil, but I definitely talked on here before about how the packaging has sucked lately and it always breaks. So I want to try this new one and I do think it's pretty good. I don't know if it's like my favorite one ever, but I wanted to tell you guys about it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a very spooky Halloween. You stay safe and I will see you next week. Bye.